The first revolution is when you change your mind about how you look at things and see that there might be another way to look at it that you have not been shown. We need all of you. You know what's beautiful to me? Is to see all of these ministers of the gospel. It's a marvelous picture. Who is it that is supposed to articulate the longings and aspirations of the people more than the preacher? Somehow the preacher must have a kind of fire shut up in his bones. And whenever injustice is around, he must tell it. Somehow the preacher must be an said when God speaks, who can but prophesy? Again with Amos, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. Somehow the preacher must say with Jesus, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And he's anointed me to deal with the problems of the poor. And I want to commend the preachers because so often preachers aren't concerned about anything but themselves. Hey, yeah, we're the same brothers from a long time ago. We was talking about television and doing it on the radio. What we did was to help our generation realize they got to get out there and get busy because it wasn't going to be televised. We got respect for young rappers and the way they're freewaying. But if you're going to be teaching folks things, be sure you know what you're saying. Older folks in our neighborhood got plenty of know-how. Remember, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be out there now. And I ain't coming at you with no disrespect. All I'm saying is that you damn well got to be correct. Because if you're going to be speaking for a whole generation and you know enough to try and handle their education, be sure you know the real deal about past situations and ain't just repeating what you heard on a local TV station. Sometimes they tell lies and put them in a truthful disguise. But the truth is, that's why we said it wouldn't be televised. They don't know what to say to our young folks, but they know that you do. If they really knew the truth, why would they tell you? The first sign is peace. Tell all them gun-toting young brothers that the man is glad to see us out there killing one another. We raised too much hell when they were shooting us down, so they started poisoning our mind and trying to jerk us all around. And then they tell us they got to come in and control our situation. They want half of us on dope and the other half in incarceration. If the ones they want dead ain't killed by what they instigated, they can put some dope on the brother's body and claim it was drug-related. Tell them drug-related means there don't need to be no investigation, or at least that's the way they're going to play it on the local TV station. All your nine-millimeter brothers, give them something to think about. Tell them you heard that this is the new word. They got to work that stuff out. Because somehow they feel in the wrong way with a gun in their hands. They're feeling real independent, but they just pulling contracts with a man. Five and five will tell you it's hopeless out there on the avenue, but if they really knew the truth, why would they tell you? And if they look at you like you're insane and they start calling you scarecrow and say you ain't got no brain or start telling folks that you suddenly gone lame or the white folks that finally clouded your game or worse yet, implying that you don't really know, that's the same thing they said about us a long time ago. Young rappers, one more suggestion before I get out of your way. But I appreciate the respect you give me and what you got to say. 
I'm saying protect your community and spread that respect around. Tell brothers and sisters they got to calm that bullshit down. Cause we're terrorizing our old folks and we brought fear into our homes. And they ain't got to hang out with the senior citizens. Just tell them, damn it, leave the old folks alone. And we know who ripping off the neighborhood. Tell them that BS has got to stop. Tell them you're sorry they can't handle it out there, but they got to take the crime off the block. And if they look at you like they think you're insane, they'll start calling you scarecrow, thinking you ain't got no brain, or start telling folks that you're suddenly gone lame, or that white folks have suddenly co-opted your game. Or worse yet, saying that you really don't know. That's the same thing they said about me a long time ago. And if they tell folks that you finally lost your nerve, that's the same thing they said about us when we said Johannesburg. But I think you young folks need to know that things don't go both ways. You can't talk respect on every other song or just every other day. What I'm speaking on now is the raps about the women folks. On one song, she's your African queen, and on the next one, she's a joker. And you ain't said no words that I haven't heard, but that ain't no compliment. It only insults eight people out of ten and questions your intelligence. Four-letter words or four-syllable words won't make you a poet. It will only magnify how shallow you are and let everybody know it. And if they look at you like they think you're insane or they call you scarecrow thinking you ain't got no brain or start telling folks that you suddenly gone lame or that the white folks have finally co-opted your game or you really don't know, they said that about me a long time ago. If they finally start telling people that you lost your nerve, that's what they said about Johannesburg. You ain't insane. You have got a brain. You haven't gone lame. You have got your game. Remember, keep the nerve. Keep the nerve. Keep the nerve. Keep the nerve. and believe that you're somebody. As I said to a group last night, nobody else can do this for us. No document can do this for us. No Lincolnian Emancipation Proclamation can do this for us. No Kennesonian or Johnsonian Civil Rights Bill can do this for us. If the Negro is to be free, he must move down into the inner resources of his own soul and sign with a pen and ink of self-assertive manhood his own emancipation proclamation. Don't let anybody take your manhood. Be proud of our heritage of somebody said earlier tonight, we don't have anything to be ashamed of. Somebody told a lie one day. They couched it in language. They made everything black, ugly, and evil. Look in your dictionary and see the synonyms of the word black. Always something degrading and low and sinister. Look at the word white, it's always something pure. Ah, 
I want to get the language right tonight. I want to get the language so right that everybody here will cry out. Yes, I'm black. I'm proud of it. I'm black and beautiful. Alabama, and we were in that majestic struggle there. We would move out of the 16th Street Baptist Church day after day. By the hundreds, we would move out, and Bull Connor would tell them to send the dogs for And they did come. But we just went before the dogs singing, ain't gonna let nobody turn me around. Bull Connor next would say, turn the fire hoses on. As I said to you the other night, Bull Connor didn't know history. He knew a kind of physics that somehow didn't relate to the trans physics that we knew about. And that was the fact that there was a certain kind of fire that no water could put out. We went before the fire hoses. We had known water. If we were Baptists or some other denomination, we had been immersed. If we were Methodists and some others, we had been sprinkled. But we knew water. That couldn't stop us. And we just went on before the dogs, and we would look at them, and we'd go on before the water hoses, and we would look at it, and we just go on singing over my head, I see freedom in there. And then we would be thrown into paddy wagons, and sometimes we were stacked in there like sardines in a can. They would throw us in, and old bull would say, take them off. And they did, and we would just go on in the paddy wagon singing, we shall overcome. And every now and then we'd get in jail and we'd see the jailers looking through the windows, being moved by our prayer and being moved by our words and our song. There was a power there which Bull Connor couldn't adjust, adjust to. And so we ended up transforming Bull into a steer and we won our We've got to go on in Memphis just like that. I call upon you to be with us when we go out Monday. Now about injunctions. We have an injunction and we're going into court tomorrow morning to fight this illegal, unconstitutional injunction. All we say to America is be true to what you said on paper. If I lived in 
China or even Russia or any totalitarian country. Maybe I could understand some of these illegal injunctions. Maybe I could understand the denial of certain basic First Amendment privileges because they haven't committed themselves to that over there. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest for rights. And so, just as I say, we aren't going to let any dogs or water hoses turn us around. We aren't going to let any injunction turn us around. I'm always happy to see a relevant ministry. It's all right to talk about long white robes over yonder in all of its symbolism. But ultimately, people want some suits and dresses and shoes to wear down here. It's all right to talk about streets flowing with milk and honey. But God has commanded us to be concerned about the slums down here and his children who can't eat three square meals a day. It's all right to talk about the new Jerusalem, but one day God's preacher must talk about the new New York, the new Atlanta, the new Philadelphia, the new Los Angeles, the new Memphis, Tennessee. This is what we have to do. Now, the other thing we'll have to do is this. Always anchor our external direct action. with the power of economic withdrawal. Now, we are poor people. Individually, we are poor when you compare us with white society in America. We are poor. Never stop to get that collectively, that means all of us together, collectively we are richer than all the nations in the world with the exception of nine. Did you ever think about that? After you leave the United States, Soviet Russia, Great Britain, West Germany, France, and I can name others, American Negro collectively is richer than most nations of the world. We have an annual income of more than $30 billion a year, which is more than all of the exports of the United States 
and more than the national budget of Canada. Did you know that? That's power right there if we know how to pool it. We don't have to argue with anybody. We don't have to curse and go around acting bad with our words. We don't need any bricks and bottles. We don't need any Molotov cocktails. We just need to go around to these stores and to these massive industries in our country and say, God sent us by here to say to you that you're not treating his children right. And we come by here to ask you to make the first item on your agenda fair treatment where God's children are concerned. Now, if you are not prepared to do that, we do have an agenda that we must follow. And our agenda calls for withdrawing economic support from you. As a result of this, we're asking you tonight to go out and tell your neighbors not to buy Coca-Cola in Memphis. Go by and tell them not to buy sealed test milk. Tell them not to buy what is all the bread, Wonder Bread. And what is other bread come to Jesse? Tell them not to buy hot bread. As Jesse Jackson has said up to now, only the garbage men have been feeling pain. Now we must kind of redistribute the pain. choosing these companies because they haven't been fair in their hiring policies, and we are choosing them because they can begin the process of saying they are going to support the needs and the rights of these men who are on track, and then they can move on town, downtown and tell Mayor Loeb to do what is right. And not only that, we've got to strengthen black institutions. I call upon you to take your money out of the banks downtown and deposit your money in Tri-State Bank. We want a bank-in movement in Memphis. Go by the Savings and Loan Association. I'm not asking you something that we don't do ourselves in SCLC. Judge Hooks and others will tell you that we have an account here in the Savings and Loan Association from the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. We are telling you to follow what we are doing. Put your money there. You have 
six or seven black insurance companies here in the city of Memphis. Take out your insurance there. We want to have an insurance in. Now, these are some practical things that we can do. We begin the process of building a great economic base. And at the same time, we are putting pressure where it really hurts. And I ask you to follow through here. Now let me say as I move to my conclusion that we've got to give ourselves to this struggle until the end. Nothing would be more tragic than to stop at this point in Memphis. We've got to see it through. When we have our march, you need to be there. If it means leaving work, if it means leaving school, be there. Be concerned about your brother. You may not be on strike, but either we go up together or we go down together. Let us develop a kind of dangerous unselfishness. Let us develop a kind of dangerous unselfishness. Happy MLK Day. Today is January 15th, 2022. And uh, I can't let this day go by without a tribute of some sort to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So what I did was I put together a little piece for you I hope you enjoy. Uh, It's keeping me under that 30-minute mark, so it ought to be real quick. But in this piece... I want y'all to think about some things, or if you didn't get these things out of the piece, please go back and listen to it. Uh, Listen to them and make sure you pick these points up. Uh, I led off with uh, Dr. King and his message to the preachers. And of course, he's referencing the preachers of his time that were involved with the movement and stay with him all the way to the end, including organizing the garbage uh, workers uh, march uh, in Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee, which was the reason why he was in Tennessee the day he was killed. He went on to say that he was very proud of these particular preachers because most preachers are only concerned 
with themselves. But then King get into some real, some real point about what was going on and the courage that it took to literally protest against imperialism, capitalism, and white supremacy, white supremacy at the same time. So you hear him talk about that courage. You also hear him talk about the commitment, not only for him, but for those who supported him again up to this point. He also said it was your Christian duties, especially when he was talking to the, the ministers, the pastors, uh, that it is your Christian duty to assure that the homeless have a home and to feed the hungry. But he also pounded the need of economic power. And he's talking about black economic power. He brings up another very great point in the speech where he says, we don't have to argue about who we are, our history and our accomplishments. We don't have to argue. So I hope you guys pick those things up out of this piece tonight. If you did not, uh, please rewind the piece, listen to the piece. Uh, that was my whole point of using this piece and uh, putting it together the way I did. I want to also recognize that this is, uh, I've been, uh, the piece was uh, clipped out of, I've been to the mountaintop which was done April 3rd, 1968, which was his uh, final uh, speech. Uh, you also heard uh, Message to the Messenger by Gil Scott Heron. That was to get everybody ready uh, for the piece and to understand what the message should be. And in the Message to the Messengers, uh, no matter what area of communications you are in, uh, whether you are a YouTuber, you are a podcaster, you are an entertainer, a so-called rapper, anything that puts you in the public eye, including modeling, writing, uh, I already mentioned performers. So anything that puts you in the public eye and you're speaking to the masses, especially if the masses that you are speaking to is targeted to our youth, message to the messenger is for you. So with that said, uh, again, I, my goal is to keep it under 30 minutes, and we're right there. Please don't forget, if you enjoyed the show and you enjoy the production and the work that we do, 
I support four organizations. Any support you give to me also goes to those organizations. So please buy a brother a cup of coffee. Enjoy the rest of Dr. King's birthday. Let's get the work done, y'all. Peace. first revolution is when you change your mind about how you look at things.